0: The following program is paid programming the fees expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants and nowhere reflect those of the ownership staff or advertisers of WNRI
1: well, it's one
2: for
0: the money, for the not
2: name okay welcome once again to Dun's deal and we're, we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about the news again this week so buckle up because we're gonna take a ride we're gonna going to look at the world now because there's a lot of stuff going on. But first, let me throw out my introduction. Joe Biden is not the president. He's the thief in chief. He is the pretender to the throne. Donald J. Trump is the real president. And when there's that red wave coming in November, And we get more MTGs, we get more Lauren Lauren, uh, Boeberts, Uh, we get more Matt Gaetzes into the House of Representatives, get a few more Senators on our side. We'll see some things, Um, could you imagine if Donald Trump became Speaker of the House? You don't have to be from the House representatives to get nominated to the Speaker of the House. So we shall see. Oh, then they could do um, an impeachment of the, the Biden administration, both Biden and Harris. I know he's probably supposed to impeach them one at a time. But if Trump with the Speaker of the House, that makes him number three in succession to the President. Actually, they'd be number two in succession, because number the the first in succession would be the vice president, and then after the vice president it goes to the Speaker of the House. So we'll see. We'll see how many Republicans and they'd have to be the non-Rhino type of Republicans get uh, elected in november we'll see if it's a if it's a tsunami of a red wave or if it 's just a regular run in the mill red wave but there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that I want to look at there's some good news here domestically i 'll get to that second uh, but former prime minister uh, of Japan. Abi was, was killed today, or was it yesterday? He got shot with a shotgun, a homemade shotgun, in a country where they have very, very tight uh, gun control laws there. <laughs> you basically can't own a gun if you're a private citizen in that country. So there was some dude, he went and he made a gun. It was a shotgun. The barrel of it was about ten inches a foot long, and you know so you know it looked inconspicuous though if you watch the video, I mean Abe is speaking there in a in a road you know the road is closed off, and there's basically nobody behind him except a couple of security guys I mean just a couple, and this one guy, like in a gray shirt. A great T-shirt who was just kind of, you know, middling around uh, behind him and hits him with two shotgun blasts, you know, 12 gauge. um, They were slugs. So uh, when they hit, they did a lot of damage and he died soon thereafter. I mean, he he bled out because he got hit in the heart and got hit in the neck from what I heard about it. Now, why is that important? Because it turns out, I guess Abi was uh, big on Japanese military rearming Japan. You know, it's been 75, 80 years since World War II. You know, maybe in order for them to have a good defense, they actually need offensive weapons. Hmm. You know, maybe to keep China at bay, we need a strong Japan there. So, and ever since World War II, um, uh, Japan has not been allowed to have offensive an offensive military. You know, they've, they've got ships and they've gone around and done um, uh You know, peacekeeping missions or, um, uh, you know, rendering aid for uh, hurricanes, uh, um, uh, tsunamis uh, and stuff like that. So, I mean, they've got a lot of capability, but they don't have offensive weapons that we know of. I mean, I would be so surprised if they didn't have nukes, you know, secretive. They're not supposed to. Because according to treaty from 80 years ago, uh, they're not allowed to have offensive weapons. But now China is a threat, not Japan. So you really have to wonder about what's going on here. Then there's also, uh, (laughs) let's keep it in the foreign relations era, era, uh, area. In the U.K., Boris Johnson just got booted from his job. He was a supposed conservative. He was supposed to be uh, a part of the Brexit uh, group, you know, the the people that wanted Britain out of the EU. But he muddled that up royally. And uh, he's kind of like... What we call here in the United States a rhino Republican, you know, Republican in name only, kind of like um, Mitch the Squish uh, in the Senate, Um, uh, Lindsey Graham, uh, where is he, South Carolina, North Carolina, one of those. Uh, he's, He's a real squish. And Mitt Romney, the guy that's from, where? what state is he from? Is he from Michigan or is he from Massachusetts or is he from Nevada? Uh, he just bounces all over the place, wherever he can find a population that will vote him into office. Another rhino there. Oh, ho, ho. the biggest rhino of all, Liz Cheney. She's about to be voted out of office. <laughs> she is so hated in her state that that she's reaching out to the Democrats to get the Democrats call list uh you know and have the Democrats come help her out, help a Republican out but anyhow i'm not that, just that's a rhino that's the type of person that Boris Johnson was in. Uh, the UK. So instead of protecting Great Britain or protecting Britain from the EU, from stopping uh all the greenies from the EU, from uh from Brussels, the European Union, instead of stopping them from forcing Britain to take in unlimited refugees, like what's happening down on our southern border, and I've got a story about the southern border. it's actually good news, but um, all of Europe is having the same problem that we're having they're being inundated with refugees just being forced into areas, forced by the European Union on uh, like a small town in France or a small town in in upper England. You know, like a town of 1,500 has to take in 800 refugees. And number one, they don't have the facilities to take care of them. And number two, they get like full, full voting rights, which means that, The refugees will overwhelm the local populace, change the whole political landscape. And um, if you don't think that's being done here in the United States, too, it's called uh, the the replacement uh, uh, theory. And it's a real thing. It's bringing in massive amounts of refugees, just like down the southern border sending them all over to places, promising them all sorts of welfare benefits, you know, all sorts of benefits from the taxpayers. And they're expected to continue to vote for those benefits again and again and again. Uh, so it's a way of overwhelming The voting system—it's another way of rigging the elections. It's another way of stealing the elections. But so Boris Johnson got booted because he was a a fake conservative, Um, and he 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 promised to protect Great Britain, and he did not. Uh, Let's see. Right there. I've got a lot about this subject. It goes deep and it goes wide. And, um, have you heard about what's going on in Holland? Let's see. We've got, we've got this story here about a 16-year-old Dutch protester shot at by police. He's under investigation for manslaughter. Now, this kid gets shot at by the cops. He's protesting because the EU, get this, they're trying to drive farmers out of business. I need to go to the end of the story here because the end of the story tells why... This um, why there's a protest going on by farmers in in uh, Holland. And it's coming here, people. I mean, we're, we're hearing the rumbles of it and we're seeing some of it. it. It's deep, but listen up. Let's see. As we document in the video below, this is an article by uh, Paul Joseph Watson, Um, not Sky News, Summit News. (laughs) He's got Summit News. Uh, The farmers are protesting against drastic green agenda nitrogen cuts, which would see their livelihoods devastated. So the EU is trying to get rid of nitrogen, which is something that plants need to be able to grow. In order to comply with technocratic globalist rules on climate change cuts, farmers would be paid by the government not to produce food, while 30% of the farms would be forced to close down for good. Uh, These restrictions are being imposed at the behest of Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum's Great Reset Agenda. (laughs) Klaus Schwab is the guy that wants you to eat bugs. Yeah. So his Great Reset Agenda. um, Let me start the sentence again from the beginning. (laughs) I got sidetracked. The restrictions are being imposed at the behest of the World Economics Forum's Great Reset Agenda, despite rampant food inflation and a cost of living crisis exasperated by the war in Ukraine. Okay, so. Europe's got the same problems we've got. Uh, Inflation is out of control. Food prices are skyrocketing. But at the same time, the EU, through the World Economic Forum, a think tank that is running the EU, that is running the UN, they're cutting back on food production by 30%. This year, next year, they want to cut it down by 50%. They want to drive the farmers off of their farms and then they're going to send the refugees to those farms to to live there. So, they're going to cut down food production and they're going to send refugees there <laughs> That don't know the language, don't know the culture, but they're just going to send them there and they're going to build resettlement camps on the former farms. But there'll be less food for both the people of Holland and the refugees. How is that going to work? It sounds like a recipe for crisis, for a lack of food. And what happens when there's a lack of food? Uh, you go hungry, bow, bow, bow. And this is what our intelligentsia, this is what the people running the EU, run, trying to run each and every country in, in Europe trying to run France, trying to run Germany, trying to run Austria, trying to run run Great Britain. Or it's, I guess it's just Britain any, now. <laughs> it's no longer great, is it? Trying to run Ireland, and they're going to be importing it here. They are importing it here. The whole Paris Accords is part of this. But anyhow, let me get back to the beginning of this story. So, all the farmers are protesting that, that they have to farm less and that they're going to be driven off of their land. I mean, who knows how long it's been in the family farm. You know, I mean, we are talking Europe. Could go back hundreds of years. Could go back a thousand years. Um, but what's that bumper sticker you see on cars around here? Uh, no farmers, no food. Uh, yeah, duh. Good water. It's, it's great to know how to use a computer, but you know what? Despite Michael Bloomberg's uh, disdain of farmers, farmers are quite necessary, quite needed. And uh, not Just anybody can do it. Anyhow, this 16-year-old demonstrator who was shot at by police during the farmer's protest in the Netherlands, which is Holland. I don't know why they have so many names. Holland, Netherlands, the Dutch people. Anyhow, says he's under investigation for manslaughter. Why would that be? The the incident occurred on Tuesday night in the northern town of Herenverne. When Joke Hospice had live rounds fired at his tractor during the protest. Okay, did I explain that the driving tractors, blocking traffic? Um, <laughs> they're also doing fun things like, like dumping a whole dump truck of manure at um, at the federal house at, at at the palace. You know, they still have a king there, I guess. So <laughs> it'd be like going to, uh, to the Capitol with a dump truck full of manure and just dumping it right there. And they also have this uh, kind of truck that can spray manure. You know, it liquidizes it and then just shoots it out. Oh, wouldn't that be so much fun to, to- Oh, I'll have to invite them to my next insurrection. We can shoot manure at at everyone in Congress. Oh, maybe, yeah. (laughs) So much fun. Anyhow, I guess the authorities didn't like having manure shot at them. And when I say shot, like out of a hose. (laughs) Because this kid got shot at with bullets. And he wasn't... He wasn't slinging manure. He was just driving a tractor. Anyhow, authorities immediately claimed that hospice uh, had deliberately tried to drive his vehicle into the officers, but video footage of the confrontation does not show that this happened. Hospice described how the incident began, saying the farmers were already starting to leave the area when they were confronted by armed police. Behind me, it was clear, so I decided to go around it. I calmly crossed the sidewalk and drove very calmly. I went to see if traffic was approaching and if I could cross the road. I was driving slowly, and suddenly I heard a pang in my right ear. I thought there would soon be a second one. I didn't have any damage, so I thought it was a rubber bullet. However, I stopped for a while at Udahask. And uh, when I was walking around the tractor, I saw a hole in the iron. All kinds of thoughts went through my head. So basically, the bullet almost struck the kid in the head. You know, And there was a hole uh, <laughs> near where uh, he was sitting. But um, this is how the EU is reacting to people that quite legitimately, don't want to be driven out of their family business. They are essential. Farmers are very essential. Like I said before, if you don't have food, you go hungry. Bow, bow, bow. But the cops are shooting at these people. It's kind of similar to what happened in Canada back in, what was that, in February? People are rising up, and they're rising up all across Europe now. I hope it catches on. I hope that there's more to it. Um, Then there's this guy in Nigeria who just happened to, to die recently. He's the leader of OPEC, and he was a diplomat. And he recently died. Um, I mean, these are seemingly unimportant things, uh, you know, that happen just all over the place. Except, and you you tie this into what Joe Biden is doing with uh, with gas. I mean, (laughs) Nigeria was the leader of OPEC. We need to be on good terms with OPEC right now because we need oil. And Joe Biden is cutting down on our oil supplies. He's cutting down on it in this country. And now this guy that was running OPEC, he was going to step down in six weeks. But I don't know if if, if he was well liked by the globalists. Uh, let's see. People are saying that uh, the Boston-Nigerian National Petroleum Corporation wrote on Twitter calling the death of great loss. Hours earlier, Barquito admit the Nigerian uh, president and given a speech. Okay, he's going to be buried in his hometown. I should have highlighted something else. But he was pushing for the importance of oil. The greenies in, in Europe, the greenies in this country want to drive us off of, of oil because of carbon. We have to reduce carbon emissions. But carbon is plant food. The plants get more food, they become more nutritious. They exhale, you know, photosynthesis, oxygen. So, this whole debate about carbon is a farce. If we cut down on carbon, we cut down on plant food. You cut down on plant food, the plants aren't going to grow well. It's the same thing as the EU getting rid of of their farmers, of driving them out of business. Oh, and another byproduct of uh, of petroleum, fossil fuels is the creation of nitrogen which is used as a fertilizer for crops the crops need fertilizer to grow well, to feed everybody this, <laughs> I'm going to get hungry by the end of this, uh, <laughs> this show everything is about food This sounds crazy, this sounds conspiratorial, but you have to ask yourself, why are these people, why is Joe Biden attacking our ability to grow food? Why is the EU attacking the ability of people in Europe to grow food? Why is food under attack? And... Another thing that that crops need well, it's not the crop itself, but farmers need diesel to run their tractors. They need a lot of it. If they don't have diesel to run their tractors, guess what? The tractors don't <laughs> don't work. If you don't have the diesel for the engine, <laughs> it just sits there, doesn't do anything, doesn't plow the, the ground, it won't harvest the crops. And Joe Biden has been cutting down our pipelines ever since the Obama days. We've made it harder to build new uh, refineries in this country, so we are getting less and less ability to produce oil, to produce gasoline, to produce diesel. <laughs> and it's going to come to a head. We'll, we'll see it, it soon. But when it hits, it will not be pretty. Because it's all going to come down, down to food. Do we have the food that, that we need to sustain life? Crazy, isn't it? Just simply crazy. Oh, here's the other thing I wanted to tie in. Putin is threatening the West over Ukraine. Let the West try try to defeat us on the battlefield. We haven't started anything serious yet, Putin said in the fiercest warning since the invasion. During a Thursday speech addressing the Russian parliament... Officials. President Vladimir Putin warned that the military has barely started its operations in Ukraine, suggesting he sees a long haul fight possibly for the whole of Ukraine ahead in a direct challenge to the West as it continues to send arms to Kiev. Let's see. It has widely been viewed as one of the fiercest speeches and challenges issued to Western backers of Ukraine since he authorized the February 24th invasion. He said that the West wants to fight us until the last Ukrainian, which he called a tragedy for the Ukrainian people, before adding, it looks like it's heading in that direction. And then he put the world on notice that Russia by and large, has it started anything seriously yet? So I know there's a lot of people out in the audience that that are pro-Ukrainian. They don't want to see Russia win this. But uh, that's their soft underbelly. Uh, they, <laughs> they're not going to let Ukraine become part of NATO, become part of the West. It ain't going to happen. And Vladimir Putin will fight to the last um, Ukrainian in order to win this. And uh, did you know he has nuclear weapons? When he says that we haven't started anything seriously yet, that's a veiled threat to use nuclear weapons. Um, So by pushing for the freedom of Ukraine, uh, we're pushing for a nuclear war with Russia. That is why (laughs) I do not believe we should be there at all. We are playing with fire, nuclear fire. And Putin's not a man to make empty threats. Joe Biden is. Putin is not. So all these things tie together because. China might have had a hand in killing uh, the prime, uh, the former prime minister Abe. He was running for the prime minister slot again. So he was on the campaign trail. If they didn't have a hand in it, they were very happy nonetheless, because Abe was an enemy to China. And Vladimir Putin's getting very serious about um, keeping Ukraine in, in his orbit, his globe, and he's willing to go to nuclear war over it if, if he has to. We've got Europe starving itself, and we're going to be doing that here in the United States, too, with with our politicians, Joe Biden, number one, cutting down our ability to produce oil, and his administration laughing at people. And once again, I'll bring up David Ismay, who used to be here in uh, Massachusetts, saying that, You, the population, are the problem. Because, you know what, there's just too many of you, too many of you using gasoline to drive around. Too many of you, uh, you know, creating carbon by uh, heating your house up in the winter and cooling it down in the summer. Too many of you, you've got to be gotten rid of. So, either through war or being starved out or something, (sighs) you know, it's just got to be done. Oh, and the Georgia Guidestones. Did you hear about the Georgia Guidestones? Do you know what the Georgia Guidestones are? Um, already halfway through the show. So, um, you know, looks, is that a caller that I've got there? I don't know. It looks like the business line. Um, the Georgia Guidestones was this obelisk that had uh, a bunch of, of greeny type of, of environmental stuff written on it. And one of which is to reduce the population. I'll say that again. Reduce the population of the Earth down to 500 million people. There are now 7.5 billion people approximately. Reducing the population of the world to 500 million means killing off 7 billion people. That's what the Georgia Guidestones were. Somebody blew them up. And it wasn't me. I was not in Georgia this week. I didn't do it, so don't blame me. Don't send the FBI to come and interrogate me again. Um... But the Georgia Guidestones got blown up. There's something afoot. There is something going on here. And I can't put my finger on it. But there is a lot of things happening all at the same time. Oh, and let's not forget China wants to take um, take Taiwan. You know, just like Russia is in the process of taking Ukraine. China wants to take the island nation of Taiwan, which is about 200 miles off the Chinese coast. So, anyhow, I know wonderful thoughts for a Friday night, but let's be aware, people, because our politicians do not give a damn about us, and all this green energy stuff—it's garbage. It's gonna make your life miserable and beyond miserable. I'm not just talking creature comforts. I'm talking I'm talking conspiracy <laughs> theories that I don't even want to go into because it just sounds so tin hat stuff. But take a good look around and You'll see that something's going on and it ain't good, people. So let me take a break here and we'll be back for more. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass., was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island, was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island saw the Great Swamp Battle slash massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church. In the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War, the United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both World Wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book "The United States of Empire" in paperback is available at Amazon.com. Okay, just want to throw in this little uh, this little reminder here for the Summerfest returns this summer. Summerfest is back in 2022. Autumnfest is proud to announce that after four years, Summerfest returns to Winsocket. Summerfest will be held at the World War II Veterans Memorial Park on Social Street. So just come, be ready to have some fun. There'll be entertainment by DJ, Buddy D, and plenty of... uh, carnival rides and stuff like and plenty of good food for the kids and it'll be a fun family time so anyhow that is Friday (laughs) that's this weekend July 8th through Sunday July 10th so if you see something going on downtown there at the park you're right go join the fun so anyhow let's get back to the show here Okay, caller, go ahead. What's on your mind?
3: What's up, James? Yeah, I heard about that, too, man. The Georgia Guidestones. Somebody took a bomb to him, and then they had to tear him down. Where were you? Were you
2: down (laughs) in Georgia?
3: (laughs) Uh, You know, you can't prove nothing.
2: (laughs) No fingerprints, huh?
3: (laughs) You were wearing gloves. I was... uh, Gardening in the backyard. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, they had to knock him down. So was it an inside job? They just kind of knocked him down to make it look like there's some opposition? I don't know. I don't, a lot of crazy things happening in this world right now, right? Yeah, and it's all, it,
2: it's pointing towards something, you know, and especially with Abe getting shot this weekend. Yeah.
3: You know. Since <laughs> Abe, yeah. Yeah. With a that was an inside shotgun, job, wasn't too? it? Uh, an ex-Marine officer? Was he in, in the Japanese Navy? I think they shot him with a homemade musket gun.
2: Yeah, I heard it was black powder, and you know the barrel is about twelve inches long. Um, you know, but um, yeah, he made it himself. I know a couple of friends that can and make uh, a gun.
3: I guess the and Boris Johnson is... resigned, huh?
2: Yep, he's gone. That oil minister uh, for OPEC, he's gone. Just a lot of weird things happening all at once, you know, that, that just kind of affect, it affects oil, it affects food, it affects all the important things, you know?
3: Yeah. And Very then the war in Syria, it, the war in Syria is still going crazy. Turkey Syria. and us <laughs> are backing us uh, separatists to try to remove Assad. side. It's like we're slowly inching toward World War Three, man. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the Kurds want their own homeland, too, right? That's, uh, How come the Kurds were never given a homeland? Well, Back were, when World War II ended. By,
2: oh, after World War II? I don't know. <laughs> that's when Iraq got uh, made into a country and... Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. Yep. I think Syria, too. A lot of those countries over there. Yeah. Because the Ottoman Empire broke up. Yeah, it did. These are crazy times, man. And then yeah. there's high... Miscarriages, high infant deaths. These injections are doing harm to people, and the media's not even talking
2: about it. I didn't even want to go there today. Yeah, that, that's a death shot. You know, there's like thirty-six thousand people that have died uh, from the shot that you can. That's on the Vare's reports, and then yeah, like I said, all these miscarriages and um, stillborn births. Yeah, it's it's crazy.
3: So, I know people personally that that got the J and J one and not having all sorts of problems. It, it's a shame. People are told don't don't get that injection, but somebody convinced them. They got all afraid. And
2: I I only know of one person that I suspect got the shot early and uh, died because of it. Um, but mm-hmm. I, in my circle, I have not seen anyone ill affected by it yet. Uh, knock on wood. I don't want. I don't wish ill on people, but. I'm not taking that shot.
3: Yep, yep. I hear you. Yeah. And then Ukraine, how much is it total now we're going to throw down on them? Like close to 70 billion, something like that? It keeps their mouth shut over there because of all the shenanigans that the U.S. government was involved in. And now they want mad money to uh, stay shut up, I guess.
2: Well, some of that money is coming back to to U.S. politicians. But did you hear? There there was a Ukrainian politician. His wife got caught with like twenty six million dollars in like five suitcases when she was trying to leave the country. It's like, oops! I don't know where that came from. <laughs> oh, it's my, it's my cookie jar money. <laughs>
3: It's but, insane. We're, we're ahead of some crazy times,
2: man. Yeah. I've, I've got another caller I've got to go to, and there is good news coming out of Texas. I want to get to that before the show is over. And I've only got 13 All minutes right, James. left. So, All right, let him yeah, peace. peace. Yeah, pray for peace. Yeah.
0: Okay, <laughs> caller two, what's on your mind? Hi, how are you doing? I'm just returning from my vacation in Georgia. Pretty nice vacation. You're the I, one. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed my trip to Georgia. It was a blast, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a blast. You know, I went down there with a bunch of my military friends because I used to be in the military. Uh-oh. And uh, there's a, another vacation we might want to go on to Oklahoma. I don't know. No,
2: no, come on. Oklahoma City was was a long time ago.
0: <laughs> they get the... Uh, they got the statue down there. That's what I'm talking about. What statue? The satanic statue in Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking
2: about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Beelzebub it's, or, or Bathsheba. Baal. Bethlehem.
0: It's, it's Baal. B-A-A-L. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, the goat man. The Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, everything that's going on, this is not a coincidence. And this has been going on for years. Uh, we've been... Following everything you've been following everything most people who have a brain they know what's going on and uh, there's going to be a day of reckoning story. pretty soon because these are no mistakes these are no mistakes you know I find it interesting the uh, what was it the honey what was the guy from the January sixth that died hurry up the guy he just told me the story anyway the, the head security officer. Said that there was professional agitators. Yep. Yeah, he did. And and, and now all of a sudden he's dead, right? Sergeant at arms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the sergeant at arms. And now all of a sudden he's dead. And he's the one that testified that there's uh, political professional agitators. Yeah. And of course, we we know that Mr. Trump wanted to put military there. And I'm going to refresh everybody's memory. Uh, Probably not yours. By everybody else. Go ahead. Trump was going to send National Guard and military there. But remember, Nancy Pelosi was against it. And she said, quote, unquote, there's too many Trump people in the military. That's why she didn't want them there. She was was afraid for January 6th if the army was outside because she didn't even trust our own army.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, she she, yep, so, she didn't want to stop the uh, the coup from happening because it was a coup done by the FBI or maybe NSA yep. or maybe the CIA, and you know, one of those alphabet
0: soup uh, companies. Uh, a, a long time ago, I, w- I had a history teacher named Mr. Zero Mr. Uh, yeah, Mr. Zero And uh, not to pat myself on the back, but I was like one of his eighth students in history. Yeah. And one time... He took me aside at the end of my senior year and he said to me, He said, I want you to remember this when I send you out there. He goes, I'm telling you because I know that you're gonna understand. He said, Nothing is what you think it is out there. And it took me a long time in my travels and places I went and careers I chose in my life. Yeah. And after all those years of observation, Mr. Zoe is really right. Nothing is what it seems. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. And in a way, I'm glad that this is all happening because I, I I want everything to just be over with. Let's just have at it. Just have at it. Get over with.
2: Well, you, you might get your wish sooner than later. Oh, but I know I've, I'm getting my wish. Okay. Well, I've got a good story out of Texas I don't to get to, and I'm down to 10 minutes. Okay. So, Stop the new world order. God bless America. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he will. We've turned a corner, uh, but... We're still in for a bumpy ride. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Ukraine is not your
0: friend. Okay. They're money, they're money laundering over there, and that's where the money's going. It's, it's coming back to politicians, like you said. And, and the Ukraine is, 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 in my opinion, listen, I'm a U.S. soldier.
3: Yeah.
0: I really, really, and I've already been ridiculed today on the radio about Leviticus, Leviticus, uh, verse 20, I mean, chapter 20, verse 18. Yeah. So why, why should I stop now? Uh, which, I back Russia. Fresh, I support Russia.
2: What's
0: uh, I, I, Leviticus 2018? Leviticus 2018 is no man shall have sexual relations with another man as he does a woman. It's an abomination. And we get the game off here in the White House. That's what was going on. And it started when Obama was there. So, the gay mafia is running the country. Okay, don't get me started
2: on that. I want to talk about Texas, some good stuff okay. in Texas. Okay. God bless. God Good news. It. Yep.
0: Okay. I support Russia. I support Russia.
2: Okay. I'm glad you say that. Not that I'm anti Russia, it's just I'm, I don't have a dog in that fight, but it does look like Russia's going to win it. But I want to talk about Texas because it's about time Texas governor deploys state military to the border via um, ex- uh, ex- executive, executive order. Um, I'm so excited about this I couldn't get the words out right. It's about time Texas governor deploys state military to border via executive order. President Biden refuses to do his job and enforce immigration laws enacted by Congress, Abbott declared. Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued an executive order Thursday mobilizing the state's National Guard and Department of Public Safety officers to deport illegal immigrants. The decision comes days after the Texas county leaders declared an invasion at the border and called on the governor to take action. Cartels have been become emboldened by Biden's open border policies, Abbott wrote in a Twitter post announcing the order. Texas is taking unprecedented action to stop this criminal enterprise. This is great news. I mean, he should have done this years ago. You know, when the election got stolen Greg Abbott should have been sending the National Guard, the State National Guard, and the Texas Rangers down to the border there to guard the border and to guard uh, people that are building the border wall. Uh, Carrie Lake, she's running for governor in Arizona. And she's promising to build the wall there. So if you had Texas National Guard on the border in Texas, and you have the border wall being built by Carrie Lake if she gets elected governor in Arizona. That's going to put pressure on New Mexico and on California to do likewise or have the whole invasion go through their states, and then the the people of those states will be screaming and yelling for a border wall. But this is good. This is good news, People. This needs to be done, because when Joe Biden was running for the presidency in his campaign, I've got a I had a clip. Uh, I don't know if I still have it, but um, he had promised. He, he told the people to come on up, that if he was elected, that, you know, he, he would allow them to come in and. Um, they took that as an invitation to come. And in fact, the cartels call it la invitation. Where's that? Uh, I know it's here in the in the article somewhere. I didn't highlight it though. But they are calling it the invitation. The cartels are, and that's what they're telling the people that. Oh, there it is. The cartels refer to these open border policies as la invitation, the invitation, reflecting the perception that President Biden welcomes immigrants to make the dangerous trek across our southern border. It continues. Uh, Yeah, he's been inviting the people to come up and I've got the executive order here that that uh, Greg Abbott had signed on to. It says, and this is official executive order wording, whereas securing the international border is the federal government's responsibility. But President Biden has refused to enforce the immigration laws enacted by Congress, including statutes mandating detention of certain immigrants who have claimed asylum or committed a crime and Whereas the cartels refer to these open border policies as la invitation, the invitation reflecting the perception that President Biden welcomes immigrants to make the dangerous trek across our southern border. And whereas an immigrant's journey to the United States can even prove fatal, as evidenced by the recent discovery of 53 dead bodies inside a smuggler's truck, and by a recent report from a United Nations agency describing our southern border as the deadliest land crossing in the world during President Biden's first year in office. And whereas and whereas and whereas I, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, issued a disaster proclamation on May 31st, 2021, which has been amended and Renewed in each of the subsequent months effective through today, certifying under section four one eight zero one four. Oh, the text is done. okay, it's it's getting into some gobbledygook there. But finally and there's more whereas, 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 whereas and I'm down to three minutes. So basically Finally, something has been done to stop the invasion. And yes, I call it an invasion. And yes, it is the federal government's responsibility to take care of this. I don't know if you remember when Jan Brewer was governor of Arizona a number of years ago. uh, When Obama was president, Um, she tried to send Troops down there to enforce the border, and the Supreme Court stopped her because it 's a federal um, i guess it was called the prerogative but you know what when the when the federal government refuses to do its job, somebody has to do it so i'm glad that uh, Abbott is finally getting the job done. Somebody has to do it because the Democrats, neither President Obama or Biden, are going to do it. So somebody else has to do it to stop the bleeding, to stop the invasion, to get control of this country so that we can become a a real country again. So, have a good weekend on that note, but that is actually good news. We're doing what we need to do to save this country. So God bless. Have a great weekend. Go a party, have a beer. Realize <laughs> we gotta keep an eye on stuff.
0: This is a Dunn's Deal. Tell your friends and neighbors to tune in Friday evenings at 6.05. For Jim's perspective on the issues of the week, you're listening to WNRI Woonsocket.
1: $4 billion bid to take over Twitter on the verge of collapse after he says he is terminating the acquisition. Possible unraveling of the deal, just the latest twist. In a deal between the vastly rich Musk and one of the most influential social media platforms, lengthy internal affairs investigation concluding border patrol agents did not whip or strike Haitian migrants last year. However, investigators largely defaulted agency leaders, saying they lack clear goals with dealing with some 15,000 migrants. U.S. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner. Chris Magnus says one agent did yell comments regarding a migrant's national origin and his gender. There is no justification for the actions of some of our personnel, including unprofessional and deeply offensive conduct. And he adds the entire situation that day was extremely chaotic. Also at townhall.com, Louisiana can now enforce a ban on almost all abortions. State District Judge Ethel Julian has lifted a temporary restraining order.